our model is so powerful in that it's it's flexible in a sense that it gives a framework for how to go build each group to build what makes sense for them. All righty, welcome everyone to the network. Another great episode forthcoming here. I am Corey Moan, your host and the executive director of the Blue Valley Center for Advanced Professional Studies, CAPS and the CAPS Network. And I am really, really excited today to have a uh, friend and colleague, Greg Brown, with us. Greg is the uh, CAPS Network coordinator, and we're, we'll get into what that means. But uh, as we've talked on, uh, kind of as we've gotten this podcast started, We've talked about the idea that this is a framework and a model with this program of CAPS that has some legs to it and has seen tremendous growth in terms of number of students wanting to participate, not just here where it all started in the Kansas City area, but uh, going beyond that across the country and even the globe now. And so um, it's my great pleasure to introduce Greg. How are Thank you, you, sir? Doing well. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Greg has a very interesting history in terms of, uh, Greg, your background and uh, your work history and kind of how you you made it here to CAPS and the roles you've had here. But I just wanted to start by, uh, beyond my own short introduction, have you uh, talk a little more about yourself and, sure. and some of your path that got you here. Uh, delighted to. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I wish I could say it was planned, but it was... Uh, just a, a, a unique opportunity that presented itself. I, this is my third career in a sense. I had a, uh, some time in the military uh, when I first got out of college and then uh, was able to, uh, at the same time, uh, start a, a business career. I was in telecom industry for well over 30 years. And uh, now starting my third career or in the midst of my third career and having been this of almost uh, 10 years now, in education, and uh, so I was very lucky to have experienced, uh, uh, you know, large organizations, uh, goal-oriented organizations, uh, and focused on change, focused on uh, innovations. And uh, as I retired from telecom, uh, not really knowing what I was, might end up doing, uh, had had a couple paths. One, I was starting a business with a buddy of mine. Uh, we were looking at starting a marketing company. At, but at the same time, I had uh, become interested in education through what my kids had experienced. So they were in a, a neighboring school district uh, here in Johnson County. And we were one of those parents that always were involved, always whatever the school needed, we were there, loved doing it, loved education, always valued that, and, and had been asked to be on their, uh, their planning committee at one time. And I thought, well, I'm happy to be, do it. Thought it'd be some you know, very simple discussions and you kind of you know, put your thumbprint on it. But uh, they did a tremendous job of for three hours, uh, once a week for, I think it was three months. We mm. we got to see Operation School, and I just continue to be intrigued by how how effective it was and how efficient it was. Many things we had tried to accomplish in telecom as we moved from a monopoly to a more competitive market, education was doing it, and I was intrigued by that and, and loved the idea of maybe becoming a part of it. As a result, I kind of went into a two-year program at Baker University, great institution, and uh, from that, became aware of uh, this idea of CAPS. And at the time, it was, a, it was just an idea. Mm -hmm. As I was going through school there, uh, I was uh, uh, informed of it by my advisor there, who happened to be a, at one time a, an administrator here in Blue Valley, and got to meet Donna Deeds at the time and hear the, the model. And you know, 
kept the idea open and at one time was a guest speaker at the business class and and a mentor and um, you know, was working on developing a project. And at that time I had to, if I was gonna finish my, my uh, not a degree, but my uh, license for education, needed to kind of work in a school system and Blue Valley invited me to be part of the CAPS program. And then and at that time we were scaling and growing and an opportunity presented itself and I jumped out. I was just convinced not only of education, but what has become the CAPS model is just a great, the right way to do education. Yeah, no, that's that's tremendous. You mentioned Donna Deeds, now Donna McDaniel, yes, who was right. the first executive director of the CAPS program. Just wanted to make sure everyone uh, picked up on that reference. So, Greg, you, you kind of left your story at joining CAPS, and you were an instructor here in the model. So maybe talk a little bit about, yeah. about that work that yeah. you did before coming Happy over. Happy to do that. And, and uh, it aligned with what I had done in business, uh, having spent most of my time in uh, between quantitative jobs, product development on one side, and then uh, qualitative jobs, marketing, and, and those kind of sciences. And it fell right along with uh, what we were trying to do here in global business. Um, and so it, uh, those skills seem to match well. And I was intrigued by the kind of things that were being used, a Harvard business case. I never heard of an, a Harvard business case being used in a high school environment. That, yeah. you know, that was, I thought, extremely challenging, but cool to do. Yeah. And the, but the thing the most attractive, right, was this integration with the real world, the working with business partners. So I think some of my initial uh, contributions were really my, my own network of getting people I knew involved in creating these learning experiences, uh, real authentic learning experiences for our students. So I was just delighted to do that and just really had fun. And we kind of developed the project management process of how do you, you know, tailor that to uh, student experiences. So we were doing both projects and uh, business plans, which were ex extremely challenging for me to balance as well as, you know, how we're trying to do that. So sure. it was a great challenge. I love, love those years. And then eventually, uh, and I thought it was a good move, you know, we add, want to add some rigor to it and introduce economics, which we've now have both micro and macroeconomics weaved into this incredible experience of global business. Uh, it's, just a, it's still fun to have been a part of that at the early stages and how it's matured to the, the fine uh, example of it is today for one of our strands. So you were a rock star instructor here. Um, You're very and, and one of the things that I, off, I actually miss, I get to work with you a lot more now, um, than I did previously, but one of the things I miss is walking through the building and hearing you shout, and you know what I'm about to say, <laughs> affirmation, and then <laughs> applause, right? Students clapping and um, just engaging students in a way that got them very Thank enthusiastic. You. And, and uh, I think it's key, excitable. and I think it's this model allows us to do that, right? I mean, I think going back in my previous careers, having enthusiasm gets you through you know, things that might seem difficult or hard, and it makes it fun. So yeah. I'm, I appreciate your referencing of that. And it was fun for me and important for me that the students saw my passion for what they were doing. And hopefully that helped them find their passions as well. Yeah. I often make parallels to what kids, uh, kids, students, you know, young adults, however we want to phrase it, what they find as engaging and what adults find as engaging often are the very same thing. Yet we often treat students different than we treat adults. And I, I love your, the idea of enthusiasm, creating fun and, you know, fun. It, it's almost a cycle, right? You, you want to engage. So you allow some fun to come in and get, it's fun. Now it's engaging, um, just an exciting environment. It is. I know you, you, uh, you have said it exactly right. You build that fun and then you give them the challenge, right? 
and they, they feel much more confident that they can attack that and know that they're in an environment where failure is gonna be seen as okay. And that I think is a huge difference for us is where we're able to assess based on the process, not necessarily the outcome in, in and of itself. Yeah. And with that, uh, they feel much more enabled to experiment, to innovate, and yeah. to try different things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that enthusiasm helps them do that. Yeah, well, and knowing you and seeing you around the building when you were teaching in global business, I mean, I, I would say this is one of the most excitable, enthusiastic people in their position, you know, kind of called to do the work. And, and so I guess the next question is, why would you leave that environment to step over into this brand new position that got created here a couple of years ago called the CAPS Network Coordinator. What, what was sure. your thought process there? And maybe it kind of teases us into a conversation here about the network. And, no, I'd love, and I love that. And it, it probably is apropos because uh, I was having fun. You know, it felt like I was on top of the game, having impact on students. And, and we had scaled to large numbers. We were very successful. So I was getting to touch a lot of kids' lives and feel build relationships with them, which is another thing I think our model allows us to do is really get to know, and I still use the term kids too, but even these young yeah. young people, uh, as uh, to get to know them and help them find their passions and what they're good at and apply it to something they may want to do in a, in a career. And it was fun. I enjoyed that. Yet at the same time, I don't know if it was that, that management calling or knowing as we were beginning to look at broader uh, scope than just Blue Valley, you know, that seemed like a great challenge too. So as, as hard as it was to leave the classroom, and I'm very grateful for occasionally an instructor will pull me in for a little marketing recession or something. So I call it coming out <laughs> right. of retirement right. and I get to you know uh, act uh, crazy again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have really enjoyed this challenge of helping uh, uh, this model uh, get used in a, a large number of places. So in many ways, I'm probably having an even bigger impact on the number of kids, maybe not as one-on-one -on -one as impersonal, but I, I feel so strongly about how education has to change, how it has to be more responsive to what the future is becoming. And as this, uh, the opportunity of a network and the idea of that came about, and uh, it was just too compelling for me not to, to try to be part of it. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. And we've been very blessed to have a chance to work with you in a different way here over the last couple of years. So speaking of the network, we've, we've had some time with this podcast to dive in with our five core values Good. of the CAPS network. And you know, just as a quick refresher, we're talking about things like profession-based learning and professional skills development, the idea that every student deserves a self-discovery and exploration process, build an entrepreneurial mindset, and you have a responsive program. So with those things being kind of the glue of our network, the right. things that bring all these programs together, um, we endeavored here a few years ago, even prior to, to hiring you in to a position to coordinate some of this work, um, to see if this was something that could scale. And you and I have probably anymore a daily conversation about the struggle for models of education to get to scale, how right. hard it we is. Do. Some flat out don't want to scale. Uh, they'll tell you, we built this for our own students and we're going to keep it that way. And that's, of course, that's perfectly fine. Everyone answers to a different set of stakeholders. Others attempt to scale and they end up, in, in my view, you know, kind of with a watering down process of sorts to get it to a place where it can go across a broader set of stakeholders, maybe a little, um, take a little bit of the personality out of it to make it work. And then some just try and, and fail 
uh, in terms of scaling the program. So it's not an easy thing to do. Um, we had the support here in Blue Valley schools to kind of dream about what this could look like and then actually take some steps along that journey. And we're, sure did. we're still yeah. going through that um, to a certain extent. But as you look at kind of, as you joined in uh, to, the, to the work here, what have you seen in terms of the scale of this? Anything, reflections on why it's scaling the way it is, um, and then where you think it might be headed? Sure, no, happy to, and I absolutely agree with you. I think for any industry, uh, education uh, is the same. Scaling is probably the most difficult thing for any organization to do. And I think the industry, as you and I have talked about, has been, uh, we use the term fragmented in the sense that there's a huge number of decisions made. Everyone's trying to do the right thing. Uh, everyone's trying to do the right thing. They're trying to do the right thing in connection to their customers, the, the young men and women that, that are trying to be learners and get to whatever their next stage is. But even with that, right, uh, to create something in them themselves is enough challenge. And I, we have to credit Blue Valley for rolling that dice, right, for taking that risk to say, as good as we are, we think there might be something out there would make us even better. Mm -hmm. They took that risk, not only doing that, but they also took the risk of opening the doors up and letting other people see it. And uh, even before me, as you mentioned, there is uh, a growing interest, a growing awareness of, of uh, need to do something different. Uh, the demands of the economy were, were having an impact. Uh, and, and you know, speaking out of, of educational gaps between what we were producing as an industry and what the needs were, they were out there. And so there's a lot of people looking around to doing that. And, and to Blue Valley's credit, they opened the doors. Yeah, come in, kick the tires. You know, what makes sense? Yeah. And it kind of evolved to something where you know, as we matured to the point where we were able to, to document our five core values, that's why I think it helped make it scalable. Mm -hmm. And you look at these other models you talk about that either they don't have the desire or wherewithal to do it, or they do it in such a overwhelming way it gets diluted, or I would add expensive, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's a tremendous, yeah, uh, there's a tremendous number of, of intermediaries out in the industry that are doing good things. I'm not taking away from them, but they're uh, they're like full curriculum. They're they're full things. What I think our model uh, is so powerful in that it's it's flexible in a sense. It gives a framework for how to go build each group to build what makes sense for them. Yeah. Accomplish these five key values. If you satisfy those and you're doing it, so your students get these kind of experience and they're leading to them finding their passion, finding a career that might make sense to them, and leads them to whatever their next second post-secondary uh, uh, experience is, uh, that is what's been our success. Is we're not telling people what to do, we're giving them a framework. That's been huge. Yeah. The other thing I would say is that, you know, finding these like-minded people that uh, we learned. One thing I've really enjoyed from being in two other industries, and me in this one, is we are so open to learn from each other. And we provide as a network, I think, that ability to connect, you know, with others that are like us, others that are asking the same questions. And those that have been further down the road, we can learn from them, and, and we're gonna learn from the new entrants as they come in, because they'll be trying new innovations. That is powerful, our, our members say that, that that, yeah. that connection is powerful. So as those begin to happen, as people get, begin to find each other, and that word spread organically, as we like to say, because we don't have a marketing campaign, we're not have any goals of here's how many numbers we wanna have at the end of the year. Yeah. It's, just, it's just spreading through kind of word of mouth. People seeing what this is, wanna become a part not only of using the model, but becoming part of this family, this network of other innovators that are trying to do the same thing. To me, that's, that's, that's magical. That's very well said. And, you know, I, 
I, I do love that you closed with the idea of family because, you know, oftentimes what I've seen, we've both been in worlds uh, of industry where you, you see a certain uh, formula, a certain um, kind of look that comes with scaling. And it, it doesn't often involve things that feel like family, Absolutely like that are very true. deep in terms of the relationships. Yeah. And of course, one of the biggest challenges is scaling a model that's built on relationships. And that's part of our challenge, if you will, um, to continue moving forward. So we talk about scale, um, just to give our, our listeners some sense of where we are. And this no, these numbers are always changing, but you know, we th this was a model that four plus years ago had five original members that right. were partnered with us, almost ex experimenting, right, to see if this model would That's work right. outside of Blue Valley. And for Blue Valley to figure out what did it mean to to share this out in terms of support. And, you know, now we're over 50 affiliates. I think if you looked at today as we're recording this, we're at 56, 56 affiliate programs. Correct. Over 110 school districts that send students to a CAPS program. and and Geographically, I mean, we're a pretty decent chunk of the U.S. Coast you can to coast find, now. You can find programs, 16 states, two countries, including our new one in Mumbai, India. So how do we continue to think about scale? How, what, are, what are the big opportunities and maybe some of the challenges that you would identify as we move into a, this new era, almost an inflection right. point? where we have to think differently about how people still feel that relationship, but we're able to get this to more and more students. Well, I think you hit it right on it. And I think it's, uh, you know, as we entertain more people, and as you know, you know, we're in some degree of conversations with as many as 50 uh, institutions, not all of which are, you know, totally interested, but they're at least some having some dialogue about this. And I think the key is that, is that not only, you know, could they take this model and do something with us, can they be part of the family? Can they be a contributor to what they learn and experiment with, share with the other members, and we all gain from it? So I think that's that to me is more critical than the numbers that we achieve, yeah. as much as we keep finding other members that you know they'll learn from us, but also add to. And that is the definition of a network anyway. Yeah. So I think I think that's key, and I and I think they're out there. I think the the way that uh, our participation uh, in national events, our reputation. Uh, by just doing the right things, you know, uh, out there and, and being recognized for that. I think that that's getting, we're getting known and understood. And, and to me, that's uh, important, not only just for uh, the network itself that we are going to attract other members that could be of value to each other, but also the reputation as our students go to their next event, whatever that might be, some post-secondary experience, that as they express what they were a part of, that they were part of a CAPS experience, that that carries weight, that has value for them yeah. and that institution. Exactly. And I think those two things are extremely important to continue to achieve and, and a, you know, a challenge as all scaling is. Uh, I think there's great enablers for us. Uh, our affiliates are just as, as motivated as we are. They're passionate about it and they have, and, and rightly so, focus on their own programs, but also are willing to contribute with each other too. And, yeah. you know, we've never been told no by anyone when we've asked for, hey, right. can you talk to this person? They're starting a new program in, in uh, medical research. Can you share your learnings? No one's turned us down on that. And again, I think it reflects that value that they have for uh, sharing what they've learned and being a part of something bigger. Absolutely. You know, if we had just had this reflection that if we keep talking about bringing people into the family, we're gonna we're gonna put off this vibe that we're like a, a mafia. Yes, of some yes. Sort. You know, yes. the Caps uh, Mafia, yeah, right? Caps Mafia. It's like the greatest, nicest mafia you could ever be a part of. 
<laughs> but you know, and you, you, the other term that we've used a lot is this kind of like-minded or, or like programs or like people. Um, you know, what we're referencing there are people that are very interested in experiential learning, profession-based learning, kind of turning the education system upside down. The cool part about that is you get within that, that kind of cross-section um, right now of these more early adopters in this, you get quite a variation in terms of the st student makeup, uh, whether that's socioeconomic or racial or gender, you, or you know, metro versus rural versus right. suburban, you get a lot of different kind of diverse populations right. as part of that. And that's a big part of what we learn as part of this. It, it really is. Network. And, and you know, as we've known from you know, uh, other strategic partners we've interfaced with, what is key is that we recognize where students are, meeting them where they're at on their road, and giving those opportunities to get them further down the road. And it doesn't matter where they come from. You know, they're just, they're, we're all made up from the experiences we've had. And, and I think, and I know you do too, that this model gives kids that may not have had experience or even thought about these kind of options or opportunities, it gives them exposure though, yeah. and lets them go try things that they may not even been aware of before. And that's just, again, it's just, uh, it's so exhilarating to, to see kids light up and find something they thought, hey, I'm not a good student, I can't do good at this. They find something they're very good at. Right. And this, this environment, whether they're from suburban, rural, or inner city, they can find that. And I think our model allows that to happen. Let's meet them where they're at, uh, let them have the lead, and then give those the kind of resources and opportunities where they can, they can find out what they want to do. Yeah, we've often referenced that, right? The difference between just being in a job and, um, or a career and finding right. something that you feel like is a calling for you and a, the, kind of a reason that you've been put on the earth, right? To do great work and to get people excited and for you to feel like the time you're investing in your own work is, you know, it's part of the finite amount of time that you have to make an impact on the world. And so why not find your own way to make a positive impact? Absolutely. And that just lights people up, whether they're in a, a, a situation where they haven't felt that before, or maybe they do have a lot of support at home and, and they, it, this is just kind of an amplification of that. But also, uh, it's so fun to be around. Um, you know, one last thing before I ask you um, a question that we ask everyone who's on the show uh, is, as we think about this and something you, you mentioned made me um, ponder this or remember this is, you know, the idea that, you know, it, it's somewhat clear why people would partner to bring this model into their district. And I don't mean that from a standpoint, this is, the, you know, trying to say this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, right. but there's a, there's a value transaction of there's a model we can use to get started and do right. something in our district. The question that sometimes comes up is what's in it for Blue Valley? Why would they open this up? What do you get out of this? And, and one of the things that I've uh, said many times is that the secret of this whole arrangement is that I believe that Blue Valley Schools actually gets more out of this arrangement oh, than other too. schools, and 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 that's because it's it's now a connection to all these nodes of innovation, right? And the ability to leverage all these connections and partnerships and learn from these experiments. Yeah, fifty six other laboratories out there that we can all learn from. Yeah, I, I agree. and really any affiliate can do that. Um, and often that's why we talk about be sure you go out and selfishly leverage the network. Don't just sit back and say, well, I shouldn't be asking for things I need because if we, if no one ever asks, then you don't have any traffic on your interstate highway, you know, your connections that you built between that's the right. of innovation. So we need to have that going to for everyone to get better. Yep, yeah. very true. So one one question for you. Certainly. I ask all the folks that come on the, on the podcast, um, you know, 
we like to think in terms of big dreams, right? We like to go instead of 10%, we like to go 10x with our thinking. And that's many would say that's how CAPS came to be was that we had a board of education and a superintendent that said, we got to figure out what 10x is for Blue Valley and boom, here's CAPS. And now it was like, well, what do we do with what we've learned at CAPS? You know, CAPS Network, boom, another 10x. So, so for you in your work or in your personal life or, you know, wherever you want to think about this, what would be a moonshot idea? Something that you've been thinking about, if this would only happen, boy, this would just take take this thing and make it go That's even a great, farther and faster. Just a great, great question. You know, uh, our friend Clifton Talbert's visiting this week, and I was reading one of his documents, and he has a quote in there that the future should be an agenda item all the time, or along mm. those lines. And I think that was very challenging to think that, you know, we want to make sure we don't become uh, comfortable in the status quo, right? That's the the death of many innovators, any institution that gets too comfortable in what they're doing. So there's some focus on the future. And for us as educators, I think a lot of it is that the, the future of jobs too, how are those change? We hear the terms automation and AI and quantitative thinking. All those are extremely critical to understand and then to whatever degree is necessary to address different technical skills, make sure we've assimilated those and built them into our programs. But I think the thing that's uh, most critical, and, and we have so many programs that are part of our network to help that, our Summer Huddle, uh, the new CoLab that allows us to connect uh, when we're not Summer Huddle, just on the fly, the micro-credentials to help uh, our teachers develop much more of their skills, all things geared to do that. This future of education, really on the future of, of, of uh, jobs, it's really on that soft side, right? That you know we'll find new ways to interface with whatever automation our jobs interface. The real key and why we do such a great job is what about the human side? Is building those skills to interface on the human side. Mm -hmm. So whatever that future is, it's going to be a combination of interfacing with machines, AI, some kind of technology, but always interfacing with humans too. And I think our model helps create that. So the challenge is, if I could get that that you know moonshot would be, what's that right mix? Let's find that mix, find the right types of skills, and present that in such a way for students that. They can gravitate to that set of mix that they want in their career and their lives and be ready for it. So mm -hmm. that's the kind of the moonshot I like to continue to see. And I think we're doing some tremendous things of getting there. We just need to continue dialogue and keep our eye on the uh, listening to our, our stakeholders, listening to the employers in, in these industries that we help support, uh, finding out what their needs are and making sure we're building those in our programs, both the technical side and the human side. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think that's extremely important. And... Um, whoever can figure that out, you know, is going to be well positioned to help others exactly. figure it out. And um, at the end of the day, our purpose, you know, we have a purpose with our own work and CAPS, but I think it feeds into a broader purpose around a movement in education that we would like to see every student have opportunities like this. And so true. Boy, achieving that and uh, making that moonshot a reality would be a huge differentiator for, uh, for everyone. For everyone. In the future. Yep. Wonderful. Well, I always enjoy our chats, Greg. And I do as your well. Your energy level is infectious, and uh, yeah, we we can only be around each other for so long. I know it's like there's be some quantum explosion. Yeah, <laughs> it's always but, it was always fun to get together and talk about these things. I've enjoyed it so much. Oh, this fun. has been just tremendous partnership. I've enjoyed working with you with Blue Valley Caps and our our network affiliates. They're just a tremendous group. Yeah, wonderful. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, as you know, I. We believe we're reaching a tipping point in education and you just got to keep working hard and, and sticking to it. Uh, we're excited about the work you're doing and we will 
see you. Well, we won't see you. We will hear you <laughs> next time uh, we get back together. Thanks. Thanks.